0: Well, you may notice we're setting up a little bit differently. Hopefully, you've heard that uh, we're not having a message this morning. Elders, why don't you come on up? We're we're all gonna stand or sit here together today. Yeah. So, if you know the history of Shiloh, this is our 26th year, right? Yeah, it's crazy. Amen. Praise the Lord. And over the years, we have. We have added to the eldership. Some people have retired away, but but there's five of us, and we span five different decades, right? I won't tell you, but it's 70, 60, 50, 40, 30, right? You can guess who's and where, right? Um, But there's something incredible that God does with that. Anybody making faces over here? (laughs) I hear people laughing. I'm not that funny. Um, So... Towards the end of last year, the elders got together and we we just got together for the purpose of prayer. God was stirring in us. And then we had such a great time with that, we we met again just for the purpose of praying and waiting on God. And he started to speak and he's continued to speak. And we felt like, you know what, as we start 2024, we need to share what is God saying to all of us. And uh, this morning, we want you to get a chance to hear from all of us. You're going to hear, if, if you know how we're governed here at Shallow, it's a plurality. So we're all equal together today, right? We submit ourselves one to another. I may be full-time, but it doesn't mean I have any more of a voice than any one of these men have. Because God has put a gift in each one of them. And, and we need that gift in operation for us to understand, God, what is it that you're calling us to? So you're going to hear things from me personally. You're going to hear from things from each of us personally. And, and it's not going to sound the same. Because we're all different. And, and that's the beauty of as we come together, we say, Jesus, would you show us who you are? Right? So I, I expect that, you know, as we share personally, you're going to see a beauty about what the leadership team looks like at Shiloh as we reflect who Jesus is because God has put something within each one of us. So I'm just going to start with a few comments personally and then I'm going to turn it over to someone else and we're all going to share and I'm going to come up at the end and share what I believe, what we all believe is a vision for what God is calling us into in 2024. So my personal thoughts. Uh, In November of last year, we started a house of prayer here. How many know that we started a house of prayer on Thursday mornings? And I'm asking this because I was, I was working yesterday in the Life Center. We're doing some construction. I was working with a couple other guys. And I said, hey, be my guinea pigs. What do you know? What don't you know? And they didn't know a lot. So like, I kind of feel like I need to backtrack a little bit and catch everybody up if you haven't been here before. So we started a house of prayer. That was the beginning of November. Why did we start that? You know, since, my, since I've been pastor here, we had a symphony house of prayer. And I'm going to be real honest, I only went sporadically. I just didn't feel the draw when I went. Sometimes I engaged, sometimes I didn't. But, you know, when symphony left, you know how sometimes you don't notice the importance of something until after it's gone? Like, I felt the loss, but it was too late. So it's always been in my heart, God, would you bring back a house of prayer? And, and as, we, as we were waiting on God, God brought us Elise and Chris and, and as we were praying for our new worship leader, like they have a heart to pray. They have a heart for a house of prayer. And I'm like, God, would you give us a house of prayer again? So as they came back, even before they came here, we were praying, God, bring us a worship leader and someone who can help lead us in prayer. So we start this, this prayer house in November. And you know what, from like day one, God starts to move. And, and maybe you've heard this story, maybe you've not, but just real briefly, I, I wanna share, you know, where we're in this prayer house. And if you know Christopher, if you have ever been to his office? He's got one of those essential oil diffuser things in his office. I'm not a fan. I don't like them. I think they smell like they just get me congested, you know? So I'm like, Chris, please turn that thing off or change the scent or something like it. So we're, we're in the house of prayer the first day. And I'm praying, and I'm like, I want to look behind me, like, did he bring that diffuser? What is that smell I'm smelling? I can't even put my finger on it, but I don't want to be rude, so I don't go walking around looking for it. And I ask him afterwards, like, what was that smell? Like, I didn't smell anything. Like, did you bring your diffuser down to the youth room? No, no, it's been in my office. I'm not using it. So it's one of those things I kind of put on the shelf, forget all about it, right? I think it was either the next week or the week after we're in the middle of worship again, And all of a sudden, guys, I'm sorry, like, you know, if you know me, I'm an engineer. I'm very logical, but I'm in the middle of worship, and it's as if I get struck with this scent. You ever been on a massage table, you're laying with your eyes closed, and they kind of put something underneath your nose, and all of a sudden you're, whoa, it's one of those moments. I I know, I'm sorry, it sounds weird, but it happened, and I was overcome. In that moment, I was overcome. Nothing mattered to me more than just worshiping and saying, you're worthy, all glory and honor and power belong to you. So I, I asked, as I'm bawling my eyes out and crying, God, why are you doing this? I don't need a manifestation of your spirit like this. But God, why? If you're doing it, there's something you want to share. So, so God shared specifically with me what he wanted to say. And he said when he, he told me, Greg, I'm in the room And I want you to know that I'm in the room. And when I'm in the room, I'm gonna do wonderful things, but don't seek the wonderful things, seek me. And I'm like, wow, okay, God, I I got it. So I, I shared that in that house of prayer. Well, so I, and I shared this, I think, on a Sunday morning after it happened. What I haven't, we haven't been up here talking about the house of prayer, but it happened two more times, two different other Thursdays. And God said basically the same thing Don't worry, seek the kingdom of God put your worries at the altar and give him everything and he's going to give you back what you need, right? But, but let your focus be on Christ and on Christ alone. Third time, he gives me a scripture out of Luke 10 and he says, I saw f- Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you but don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. So three times God is bringing his word to me, like, you need to put me on the throne. Don't put your prayer requests on the throne. Put me on the throne. Worship me. Worship me alone. But when I'm in the room, like, watch out. Like, I do stuff. But don't seek the signs and the miracles. So, all right, shifting gears a little bit. We start this house of prayer. God's moving. I see him moving, and... Um, Christopher gets a call from a guy out in Colorado Springs that worked with Lou Engle's prayer ministry out there. His name is David Kim. He hasn't talked to him in over a year, right? In that year, Chris has left his job. He's joined a church. He's, you know, our, the worship leader here. We started House of Prayer, a lot of changes. But this guy knows nothing of that, except that he's out in Colorado Springs and God gives him a dream. And he's a, he's a guy that dreams, right? In this prayer ministry, they hear the Lord through dreams and then God gives them the, the prayer points for the next day but it's very unusual for him to have a dream of just some, some random Joe like Chris and Elise, right? But in his dream, he, and, and they know him, but they haven't talked in a year. He dreams about Chris and Elise, and he dreams that they're out in Colorado Springs, and they're getting prayed over for a prayer ministry and for what God wants to do in New England. So Chris tells me that, and I'm like, you know what? We're not going to react because I'm, I'm slow. I'm slow to the party, guys, right? I'm <laughs> I, I'm like, that's notable, that's remarkable, those are my two favorite words now, but I'm, I'm not going to draw conclusions quickly, because God, you draw the conclusion, I'm not going to piece it together, but we pray as elders, and we feel like, yes, we should send them out, and, and Meg and I are going to go with them, and I love to share, right, and I get sick the week before we go, and then I share what I had with Meg, and she wasn't able to make the trip, so... It was just the three of us, but God knew because with the snowstorm we had to change flights, and there was only a couple of seats, and it was just the right amount. Um, so we go out there, and you know what? God gives not just a word to Chris and Elise; He gives a word to Shallow. He gives a word to New England about what He wants to do. And I'm, I'm listening to all these things, and I'm going, you know what? This is notable. And this is remarkable, but like I, I'm listening, and I'm like, God, you're starting to move. I may be slow, but I'm hearing you. You're speaking loud and clear. So, so guys, now I'm leaning in more than I've ever leaned in before. I'm listening because God is saying something. We're gonna. Sh- I'm gonna wrap it up at the end and talk about that. But right now, I, I just want to share that. Um, yeah, God is God is moving, but it's not just me. He's speaking to. He's speaking to all of us. So I'm gonna. Give it over to Josh.
1: All right, good morning, everyone. Good morning, Josh. Right, it's tough because I can't see everyone, so I'm going to All walk around. All right, out. so um, <clears throat> I, I feel like the Lord wants me to share three brief things with us today. Uh, and, you know, I, I have the benefit of, as we are in these prayer times and we're, we're seeking the Lord, we're worshiping, and then someone will share something and then someone else will, you know, come alongside and share something. I'm taking notes and writing this down. And it's just so cool to see like a consistent vision and theme come out. And so some of the words that, that have been really coming out in our prayer time are the words healthy, the words growth, and the words dedicated. And, and we believe that God is calling us this year to be healthier than we've ever been before, to grow in ways maybe we haven't grown before, and to be dedicated, to be all in on where God wants us to be. And it's exciting, it's exciting, it's challenging, Right, but it's really exciting and encouraging for, for us to hear that from the Lord and, and to hear him share those different things. And as we were praying in our past prayer time, this verse came to me, uh, which pro- many of you probably know. It's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. And it was, it was such an encouragement and Direction from the Lord, that there's this simplicity about that, about being dedicated, about being healthy. And it's trusting in the Lord, it's submitting to Him. You know, and as I thought about this, the Lord brought, I'm reading my son Andrew, a kid's version of Pilgrim's Progress. And if you don't know that story, it's this allegory of someone walking to find Jesus in, into the kingdom of God. And there's a path in front of them that's straight and narrow. And what the Lord brought to me as I was listening to reading that was, you know, a straight path is nice because you know where your next step needs to go, and even if there's you're you're not totally certain what's going on and there's confusion or you know, you're not really getting it or you're hearing these things and you don't feel that excitement, this, the next step is forward. It's a straight path and you know that you can take that. <laughs> All right. And the last thing is from Luke 10. It's okay. We'll keep going. We got this. All right. And, and then as we, were, um, as we were praying, the Lord brought this passage to mind, and it's from Luke 10, 38 to 42. And as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. And in the New Living Translation, Jesus says, there's only one thing worthy worth being concerned about, and Mary has discovered it. You know, to me, that was the Lord talking about the simplicity of his call. Yes, his call is huge. You know, we're called for a purpose. We all have, you know, goals and things that God wants us to do, but the simplicity of it is that there's one thing to be concerned about, and that's Jesus, Mm. and that's Jesus. And this year, we really believe that Jesus is the focus. And as simple as that is, as simple as that sounds, that's where God is calling us. Um, So, you know, if you, I want to encourage you this year, if you find yourself distracted or confused or there's everyone getting into worship and you're like, you're just not feeling it, you know what? What God is saying is there's one thing to be focused on. There's one thing, and it's Jesus. And if you can take that choice, right, to trust Jesus. You know, I was thinking about how do you trust the Lord? You know, for me, the way I trust the Lord is by actually saying, God, I trust you, Mm. right? I trust you, I trust you, and I'm saying it over, and it's that from the passage of Mark, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Mm. So we're excited for this year. We're excited that we are together. Uh, We're excited that you're here and hearing from the Lord, and we trust that, you know, as much as we hear you hear from the Lord as well. John 10 is so clear, or John is so clear, that we his sheep, we know his voice. Thank you. Ben, I'll ask you to share. All right. Good morning, Shiloh.
2: So I am Ben Hires. Uh, I like to think of myself as one of the less elderly elders. Um, so that's... that's I'm on that end of the spectrum of, of this crew here. Um, but if you know me uh, well at all, uh, there's a few things uh, that uh, God has on my heart uh, for Shiloh, kind of at all times. Um, one of those is uh, for young families, and, uh, and, and the other is for community. Those are kind of two of the of the things that God always puts on on my heart. And I will just make an observation before I kind of go that, as a multi-generational church here at Shiloh, I think we are so blessed. Um, I am just so thankful to the Lord for the multiple, you know, from young kids, like the the folks that are serving over in kids ministry, the kids that are over there, all the way up to, I don't know if you know this, but like I came before service today. I don't usually make it before service for prayer, but there's a bunch of people this is going to probably get me into, in some trouble, but with gray hair that are downstairs that are praying before service. That Not everybody has gray hair. Um, I would, might have been one of the youngest people there. Um, but, uh, but they are praying before we even start and, and there's some young people upstairs and, and older people too doing worship and other things like that but, but there is a preparation that happens each week and it's being done by I'll be honest like I didn't even know some of the people that were sitting around uh, in, in the circle this morning but I was so blessed by the fact that they come and they prepare this place for us each week so back to uh, kind of let me share a little bit uh, uh, about us so uh, I am part of this small group uh, and it's primarily young families and uh, and we are uh, very blessed uh, to have a plethora, is that a good word, of children, Um, when all, we now are outnumbered by our children, um, and on a week where all the kids show up, there would be over 30 children uh, that would be uh, there at this, um, what we term a small group, Um, but it's kind of a community that's, that's being built outside of these walls, and the reason that I share that with you is because that is kind of where I am at in life right now. Um, I'll be honest with you. If you're part of that generation, I have two kids, 12 and 10, um, that are kind of on the oldest side of, of that group. And then we recently adopted, uh, our son, uh, eight months old. So we're back on the baby side. And so we sit like kind of over in this area where there just always seems to be more and more babies uh, being added to our, to a multi-generational church here. Um, and, and there's some babies over here too, I know. Um, but, um, but, That is a very interesting period of life. And I say that to to share that I understand what it's like to be juggling sleep schedules, uh, to be handling like school activities and sports commitments and a professional career. And so that's kind of where I'm at right now. And so as I share honestly about kind of what we see going on at Shiloh, um, you know, it's tough. Like there are a lot of strains and stresses. And like this morning, my wife is home with a sick kid and my, our nanny is taking my son to to basketball. And so, I mean, we're all over the place sometimes. And so when I see things going on at Chilo, it's like, where do I fit in this? And so hopefully there are some people here who would relate to that. And you may say like, where do I, well, the answer is I I do think we, we connect to it. Um, and so I would, I would, tell you there have been times in my life where there have been spiritual experiences and I am sensing right now a time of spiritual experience here at Shiloh. I'm hearing stories about smelling smells and about people showing back up at Shiloh that have not been here for a long time and about testimonies that are shared like Brian and Nicole and and, and Ryan and, and like there's powerful things that are going on right now. And I remember in my own lifetimes when I've had those spiritual experiences and it just overwhelms you. It takes you over. It calls you and draws you. And it's kind of a passion-based faith at that point. Like you are just experiencing. And then there are times, and I'm kind of in one of those times right now, where it's more of a time of obedience. Like there are lots of commitments and lots of draws. And I'm just having to say, okay, I'm going to do my Bible reading. I'm going to, you know, you know, try and minister to my children. I'm going to make the effort to go to a small group, to come to a church on a Sunday. And I guess what I would just encourage you is that wherever you find yourself on that spectrum, if you're... You know, getting amazing things out of worship on a Sunday morning, then like lean into that. And if you're just having to be faithful in obedience and in doing those things that get you through your days and into your next day and into the day after that, then do that too. Like, I believe God will meet you wherever you're at. Um, I believe that's what He's doing, you know, for me. And so, like, I don't want you'd ever look at us sitting up here and be like, oh, like they've got it all figured out and they're just like, you know, they are so far in some different place than, it. we're not. I mean, like I, I am just being who I am. I uh, hope that's okay this morning. Um, mm-hmm. But I am also committing to being open to what God is going to do and wanting to press in further and seeing what he will do. And so I just encourage everybody, um, that's kind of where my heart's at. That's where I hope uh, our heart as a church is at. So Thank you. I think Steve.
3: Good morning. My name's Steve Hammis, For those of you who don't know me, um, so I'm going to be very transparent as well um, because they we talked about this and you know over the past couple of months Greg talked about the house of prayer, some awesome things that are going on in Shiloh. There's a lot of excitement. We sometimes have the benefit of hearing testimonies from people's lives that we can't share, but God's on the move. So we were talking about what we were going to share this morning, um, and I. I told the elders, I said, you know, nobody's dreaming about me and I'm not smelling anything. I'm, I'm just going to work and, and I'm coming home and I'm going to small group and I'm, I'm doing these things and I don't know what to share. I said, honestly, guys, sometimes it feels like um, I'm sitting in the car in the right lane in traffic. Some of you have gone in the fast lane and you've gone and, and I missed it. And where did it, what happened? Why am I here? So I, I've been praying and I've been just pressing into God just say, God, like Brent said, where, where do I fit in? And, and God said this to me, and this might be for me just alone, but it might be for you too. He said, Steve, I'll tell you what. He says, if any person or church desires me and my heart more than they desire who they think I should be, I will show up in a powerful way. If any person or church desires me in my heart more than they desire what I will do for them, I will show up in a very powerful way. If any church or any person desires me in my heart more than they desire what they can do for me, I will show up in a powerful way. And that's where I feel Shiloh is. I, I mean, that might, might be for me, but he says, "Steve, I want you to look around, and I want you to see what I've put in place. I've put in place two pastors who are hungry, who are hungry for me, who are hungry for my heart, more than what the church is about, more than what the church can do. And they lead well. They're upright men. I put in place elders who are the same, upright men who desire me. I put in place in the congregation people who desire me and are hungry for me. And they lead well. I put in place people in your, in your staff. We brought in Kevin to lead the youth, to ignite the youth, and to help them to see that, to desire God in his heart more than anything else. And we put this in place, know God, find freedom, discover, make a difference. We put that in place for a reason, and everything centers around that. Kevin's helping the youth to do that. He brought Christopher and Elise to help us know God and find freedom in the expression of worship, more than we ever have, to dig deeper. So my encouragement, much like Ben, for wherever you are, I think God has just laid the groundwork, and he's saying, if you will seek me, and this comes from where Greg has been saying, if we seek Jesus more than we seek anything else, he will show up in a powerful way, whether you're stuck in traffic, stuck in the rut, wherever you are in life, as well as here at Shiloh. Um, So that's what he's been saying to me. So it's a call to press in. It's a call to, to step up our walk with God in 2024. It's a call to seek Jesus more than anything else in
4: 2024. Well, I used to uh, sit at that end of the row. <laughs> Something happened along the way. We are in a time in our country where I think almost everyone here would agree there's quite a bit of division going on. And we look out and we say, we have an election coming up. If it turns out to be two people that perhaps it's going to be, we will have the largest divide between philosophy we probably have seen in, in decades. And it's going to cause this world to be angry, to be frustrated, to be fearful. We look at the Middle East. We look at what's going on in Israel and Palestine over in Yemen. We have super powerful military might now laying off these countries of Yemen and and Iraq. We see attacks back and forth. It's hard not to look at that and wonder what's the future of that? And that's causing frustration, anger, fear in our people. We look at so many different areas right now that are trying to rip our country apart. But the question is, brothers and sisters, what is our role in this? What are we supposed to do? And and if you've heard me in in the last six months or a year, maybe a little longer, I I really have gotten a a real conviction on this whole concept of unity. We're never gonna get unity in the world. We're not going to get it ever, but we should have it in the body of Christ. Ephesians 4.3 says this, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. That word endeavor, doesn't, it's not strong enough. What the word is telling us is with all diligence is another way of interpreting that. Another way is be careful. I want to encourage us that we are supposed to be the light to the world. In a world that is fearful and frustrated and angry, we bring hope. That's what Jesus does. He brings hope. Romans 12, 18, another great scripture, talks about this unity as well. It, it encourages us to bring the unity of the body of Christ to the world. And I just want to, you know, it says, as it, as mu- if it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live at peace with all men. This is a year where I don't, I don't think it's important where you stand politically. It's fine to, be a, to have an opinion. It's fine to, to have a strong opinion in that area. It's fine to go to the polls and vote your conscience, whatever that is, knowing that a bunch of people will disagree with you whatever choice you make. But here's what, when you're not in that polling booth and when you're not thinking to yourself, when you open your mouth, bring words of unity and words of peace. We are not fearful of what happens with political leaders. I'm fearful of what the enemy has, and he's going to raise up in this time to try and divide this country more. We are to be unified in peace and in love and in joy. We are to bring hope in a hopeless world. We are to bring peace in a world that has anxiety and fearful and looking for solutions. We have the solution. It's Jesus. Good news is God has a plan. I like to, I'm going to talk about that t- toward the end. But now I want to talk about the fact I've lived through, because of this gray hair, I've lived through times that most in this room have not lived in. Percy, you're an exception to that. <laughs> <laughs> but more importantly, Percy's an exception because he lived through something that most in this room have not lived. The 60s and the 70s were horrible for our country. We had the Vietnam War. We have the assassination of a president. We have the impeachment of a president. We have college students rioting. We have a college student shot and killed. We had 43 blacks killed in a riot in Chicago. It was horrible times in our country. Morality was horrible at that time. And, and in the midst of this, God raises up these two amazing revivals. One of them called the Jesus Movement. It started out in California. It was in the hippie culture that that this rose up. It was miraculous, hundreds getting baptized in the ocean out there in this little cove. And and God just swept the United States. He swept the world in this movement. It was a, what we would call an evangelical movement It was all about Jesus. That's why they called the Jesus people. While this was going on, there was actually an earlier revival. It started in 1960. It was called the Charismatic Renewal. It was believed, most people believe it was birthed out of the Catholic Church. It wasn't. It was birthed out of the Anglican Church. And this was a powerful movement. The difference here was it wasn't just all about Jesus. It became more about the manifestations of the Holy Spirit as those people gave their life to Christ in New Hampshire, to the best of my observation back then, we didn't see much of the Jesus movement, but we saw the powerful charismatic movement break out in our state. From a personal standpoint, eight of us started a Bible study in the up. we called it the upper room. It was a conference room in our office building. That eight just grew and exploded over the next year and a half. We would have to move from that conference room at 40. We would have to go to the, to now it's to La Quinta, it was a Holiday Inn. We'd go from there to the Sheraton Wayfair. We'd go from there to Southside Junior High School, and we would end up a Memorial with 550 individuals for a Bible study every Tuesday night. People getting saved by the hundreds. We would build a large building, start a church called Faith Christian Center. We would have the largest non-Catholic church in the state of New Hampshire, over 1,000 people attending on a Sunday. And this state was getting just blessed beyond blessed. Laconia had a major outbreak there. You go across this state. This is now the, the mid to late 70s. I watched things that I never, ever thought I would see. It was pure It was beautiful. There was no weirdness. There was no flakiness. It was just God pouring out. It was miraculous. I've never seen another time like that. But then something happened. In the midst of this beautiful and pure, we lost the vision. Man lost the vision of seeking Jesus, of realizing that he was the foundation, the catalyst to this move of the Spirit. And we thought we could, we could replicate that by our efforts. We thought that we could do things like we were seeing on our own. We thought we could leave Jesus behind, and we can just look for what we saw in that pure state of the Holy Spirit moving. And it came to a very tragic end. Much devastation, much hurt, and people got caught in a a horrible web of situations. Leadership of that church changed dramatically. And it just was a very sad time. A time that, I will be honest, I carry still some of the impact of that sometimes fearful of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, sometimes questioning my role in that. But God is a big God. But recently, things have started to happen. God has really stirred my heart that, and this is what I heard. And I don't say that very often, but I really believe God spoke to me and said, Ed, it's not a new thing I'm beginning but I am going to continue what I started. But it's going back to being pure. It's going back to being Jesus focused. And I want to do something. I want to do something in your church. I want to do something in this state. I want to do something in this country, in the world. We are seeing signs of that. We are seeing just amazing revelations of Christ and what he's speaking to different people. It's not the signs and wonders. We're starting just to hear voices that are unified, that are totally unrelated. My vision for 2024 is that we're stepping in to something amazing. We're going to encourage you to be open to hearing what God is going to share with you, not only what God is going to share with us. God is the God of all people. So Come along with us on this journey this year. Just pray and seek the Lord. We have no idea where and how God wants to take us, but we will as we earnestly seek him and as we earnestly seek Jesus. And I'll turn this over to you.
0: Amen. Chris, can I invite you up for a minute? I I wanted to give Chris a, a minute to share... You know, God has, has been speaking to him. The dream was about him and Elise, and I think he's got some important, um, got a part to play in this. So Chris,
5: yeah. You guys hear me? So I, I just wanted to quickly share, I'm, I'm honored to be here at Shiloh Community Church for, for this time. But my job is not to get all excited about what God has spoken to me, and I want to help us as a community to understand what Jesus is really saying to us in this hour when God wants to pour out his spirit, however he may see fit. If we make this about a man or a woman, Mm. we are going to miss it. I want to just declare to you as a church that I am not your answer. A worship leader is not your answer. A prayer ministry is not your answer. A personality is not your answer. Jesus-centric, Jesus alone is the only thing that will sustain this thing. And so I've been so honored to be here in this community. And some of you are like, well, why is he even saying that? Of course. Well, I want to encourage you. I've had some incredible people come up to me and be like, you know, Chris, I'm so happy you're here. I'm like, I'm happy I'm here too. But here's the truth. When Guy was invited to interview for the worship leader position at Shiloh, I didn't want it. I actually wasn't interested. And I I felt like I was okay in my life. My life was good. I, I was excited about what God was doing in my life. Things were all squared away. And I heard the voice of the Lord say to me after I was challenged by a few of my friends to consider interviewing at Shiloh, not even knowing if I would get a position here. He said, Chris, I'm about to pour out my spirit at Shiloh in a new way, in a special way. Now we're hearing not in a new way, but maybe picking up where he left off. Do you want to be a part of it or do you want to watch it from the sidelines? I wanted to encourage you. I think where charismatic movements or prophetic moves or things in the spirit start to get weird is we think it's a man-centric move of God, and we think that if that person's good, then we're good. I want to tell you, I have full capability of failing every single one of you, but Jesus will never fail you. Mm. I'm a mere man. I'm a mere mortal. I am just shoulder to shoulder with you. I struggle with temptation just like you. I stand firm in the word of God, and I thank God there's no compromise in my life, but how many times have we seen God moving through incredible people and then they fall and we lose our faith? And I think what Ed was alluding to this morning is, you know, what went wrong back all those years ago, many people, what was so painful is they walked away from the Lord. But the Lord never failed anybody. Man did. And so I just want to say to you as a community that when I said yes to the Lord, I gave him my yes and he's using it in a mighty way. And why, do, why am I sharing this to you? He's looking for your Yes whatever that may look like, he wants to use your yes. This is not about the elders. This is not about the worship team. This is not about preachers. This is about a body of Christ entering into a move of God at such a time as this. Amen. Amen.
0: Thanks, Chris. So how do we wrap this up? Right? I, I believe God is calling Shiloh. We believe God is calling Shiloh in 2024 to prepare... It's a year of preparation where our focus is on Jesus and it's on his gospel, where we're coming back to Jesus. Our focus is on Christ alone, not on his manifestations, but on him. I do believe when God is in the room, miracles are gonna happen, but there's a danger here, right? Whenever God speaks things multiple times, he spoke it three times to me. He spoke it to Ed. He spoke it to Josh. When God speaks multiple times, he wants us to take heed. So here's the danger. We can start to measure God by what he does instead of who he is. I don't want to do that. Let's not make that mistake. You know, if I smell something and you don't, it doesn't mean I'm any more spiritual than you. It just means God just happened to move that way. But that's not who he is. It's for all of us, right? What he does, we may have differences. Lives being transformed to look like Jesus That's the only thing that matters. Jesus is the only thing that matters. I want to see my life look more like his. I want to see your life look more like his. But as Chris said, for for me to become more like Jesus, I have to say yes. For you to become more like him, you have to say yes. So this is a year of preparation, and I believe it is. I, I believe he's calling us to pray for revival and consecration like never before. All right, so let me just break that down because sometimes we hear a term consecration or revival and everybody's got a different picture of what it is in their mind. So I just want to speak plainly for a minute. What do I mean when I say that? Consecration or revival. Consecration means giving everything we have to God. It's getting our house in order. I don't believe it's an accident that last year we had a series on 1 John which was like come back to the truth of my word. Live in the light as I'm in the light. Like if there's sin in your life, bring it to the light. Because you got to do that. But it's the truth of the word is how we measure what's right, what's wrong. It's not an accident that we started off the beginning of this year saying, hey, get into the word. That's important. That's getting our house in order. We're having a marriage conference. It's not an accident. God, God wants our marriages to reflect his kingdom. That's what Jesus loved for the churches. That's what our marriages would be. Are we doing that? Step into the marriage conference. Our finances should be in order. Why did we have all these things? God knew. It's a time of consecration. It's a time of getting our house in order. So what does revival look like? You know, Steve jokingly sent a video around yesterday. Just had me and Ed cracking up. But it was all this crazy stuff. Someone's dancing on the pulpit and people are running around the church and playing tambourines. Now, I'm kind of partial to tambourines. I, I play a mean tambourine. But that's not revival. That's not what revival looks like. As Ed shared... Back in the days of Faith Christian Center, it came to a point where we were seeking the signs and wonders and we got our eyes off of Jesus. And God said no. God is inviting us in. He's inviting all of us to say yes and to seek Him and to Him alone. But I believe, again, when He's in the room, He starts to do amazing, wonderful things. So what does it look like for us to be called as a community to prayer and discipleship? We've We've got to grow. I have to grow in that. I, I came back from Colorado Springs with such a passion to pray like I've never had. Like, this isn't who I've been, but it's who I'm, I'm pressing to be now. Mm. And I think God is, like, not just on a Thursday morning. I, I get it. Guys, I've been work, I've worked out in industry for 30 years before I became full-time here. I know what it's like to feel, all right, great, you're having this meeting at 10 o'clock on a Thursday. How am I going to go? I worked an hour away in Hudson, in Worcester. Well, we have an opportunity for you. The same prayer ministry that we were out in Colorado Springs, they got in touch with us and they're going to be in this area on Tuesday, January 30th, and we're going to have a prayer time, 6.30 to 8.30, or or who knows how long it'll go, but if if you have an interest in prayer and you can't make a Thursday morning, come this Tuesday night. I think it's going to be amazing. I was sharing with another pastor just this week that I feel like God's calling me to prayer, and I'm, I'm... making a decision i'm gonna i'm gonna fast every wednesday so when i go into the prayer house on thursday mornings i'm hungry not just physically but i'm hungry spiritually and as i mentioned it to this pastor he's like greg i could cry right now i'm like john why this is john rivera hope tabernacle i'm like why john he goes well we spent a week at the beginning of the year praying and fasting as a church every night we got together and when we hit friday night i felt like god spoke to me you're not done And he goes, Greg, I made a commitment to fast every Wednesday. So we're going to be fasting together. All right, here it is again, notable and remarkable, right? (laughs) You you come back to these things and it's like, I I can't make this up. How did God speak to him? Why was I? It happens. God, God is starting to move on my heart. He's starting to move on our heart. And I'm praying for him to move in your heart. So would you stand with me as we close today? Will we say yes to him, I think is the question. Will we consecrate our lives to him and say, Jesus, I'm going to give you everything. That's scary. It's scary to take your life savings in a perfume bottle and break it at the feet of Jesus. Well, Lord, what, what's going to happen if, what, what about this, what about that? Right When Josh was saying, all right, trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. and He's going to direct your paths. He's going to direct our paths. But it starts with our yes. So I just feel led. I'm going to kneel where I am. If you want to say yes to Jesus, you can come to the altar and kneel with us. You can kneel where you are. But if you want to say yes to Jesus, would you kneel right now? Prayer team, you can come on up here. I feel like there's a response that we need to give to the Lord right now he's calling us into something as a church it's not just a word to, to a church it's a word to the church in New England but he's inviting us in to be a part of his story do you want to be a part of his story now I, I know some of us we can't kneel if you can't kneel then sit back down but give a response to God to say Jesus I want to give you all that I am today God, I want you to move in my life like you've never moved in my life. Jesus, maybe I'm scared to even say these words to you, but I feel invited by your spirit. I feel drawn in by your love to say yes to you in a way I haven't ever said yes to you before. In pre-service prayer, there was someone that was praying, stoke the fire, stoke the fire. I feel like God wants us all to get a hold of his fresh fire. Mm. this morning so i stir up the gifts of god that are within each one of us i stir up the fire of god in jesus name lord you see you see us humbling ourselves before you saying god we want more of you mm. lord we want we want to consecrate ourselves to you god we want to pray for a revival fire to move in our lives that we will be transformed to look like you god we're not seeking after signs and wonders we're seeking after you but god i know when you're in the room you do amazing things so come lord jesus Come for our hearts, come for our lives, transform us, God. We're asking you to do it, God. I know when we ask in faith, believing, we'll have what we receive. That's what your word is. So we stand on your word. We pray all these things in the, in the mighty and the powerful and the precious name of Jesus. Amen, amen. So if you're here this morning, you want more prayer, the prayer team is here. If you've got any questions, we're here as elders to answer your questions. But, but come knowing that God is starting a move here and, and it takes each of us to say yes. So God bless you all. Thank you so much for coming. I know this was a little bit different of a service, but I believe my God was with us. So God bless you today. Have a great day.